Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 43. We've got an interesting discussion today about bats and making this purchase more wisely. Want to talk about our sponsors? Clean It Up FP. Clean It Up is the communication tool you need to use to handle all your within team communication within your organization, or also the social media aspect where you can share information and knowledge about what's going on with your team and your program. Also want to welcome our new sponsor, Nexair. Nexair is a Memphis-based industrial gas, medical gas, research gas, welding supply, and safety PPE supplier. With strategically placed retail locations, sales branches, and distribution centers throughout the southeast, Nexair is never too far away. They maintain centralized product warehouses to serve you better and be more reliable. Through our services, you can receive the products you need when you need them. Our fleet of trucks will get you the gas you need when you need it. If you're interested in any Next Air product or service or just want to talk through your options, please get in touch. Our customer care team at 888-639-2474 will help you find the branch or outside sales rep in your area. Please reach out to Next Air. They'll take care of all your needs. So Don, bats. It's that time of year. Um, wrapping up the summer season. People are trying to either bargain hunt and find the best of uh, this uh, past year's bats out on the market as cheaply as they possibly can, or they're starting to think about the newest, best tool heading into the next season. So wanted us to talk about bats a little bit today, just to kind of give people some ideas or some guidance on some things to think about. So the number one thing is obviously we're talking about a big expense. No, they're they're getting like way up there. Right. And, and here's the thing that uh, we've talked about this before, but I just want to throw this disclaimer out there for, for moms and dads and, and everybody around the game of fast pitch. Really high-performance bats break. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. When you pay the top dollar for a high-end bat, a high performer, you're paying for the performance. You're not paying for durability. And we have to kind of get to the point where we come to an understanding that what you're paying for is that aha moment when your kid lights a ball up for the first time, she hits her first home run, she hits that screamer that goes through the infield so fast that the infielders don't even move. That's what you're paying for. You're not paying for a bat that's going to last you for two years. No, not anymore. Well, and and I don't think really ever in the performance bat world, but it's gotten even more extreme now because the materials that they are using and the designs that they're using have advanced to the point where the margin for error between a high-performance bat and just a bat is pretty small. You know, we're talking about tolerances of hundredths of inches, you know, tiny little layers of material. There's some science in it. Yeah, the, 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 difference, yeah, the difference between that rocket launcher that, you're, that you want your child to have and the $39.99 bat that you could buy at Walmart is the technology and the performance is built into those tolerances and those specifications and those materials. And those materials are no longer uh, designed to last forever. They're designed to be as powerful and as explosive and as dynamic as they possibly can be for a shorter period of time. And probably everybody that's listening is in tune enough to know the cost of some of these bats. I mean, we're talking the Ghost Advanced is $450. Right. We had a parent the other day that kind of chuckled and laughed and and said, uh, you know, the first Honda Civic that I bought was $900. So I could either buy 
two ghost bats for my kids here, or I could buy my, you know, my first car. Right. And that kind of puts it into perspective. Yeah. As, uh, but, but now yeah. the, the Honda that he bought for $900 <laughs> in today's market would probably be a, you know, $29,000 car, but yeah, you know, probably but anyhow, fair point. Yeah. Fair point. You yeah. know, the, the inflation dollars is a whole nother thing. The reason I wanted us to talk about that first is I understand that it's very frustrating to invest top dollar, but if we understand what we're investing in, Hopefully, people will spend less time being mad about the fact that the bat broke and spend more time being happy about the fact that they saw their kid hit a rocket. So that's the first thing I wanted us to talk about because you know I, I see it nonstop on social media. You know, the picture of the bats that are broken, the pictures of the cracks and the fractures and all those different things. And I understand if I spend $450 for something, I'd like it to last forever. At least a while. Right. Well, and a while is relative, though. You know, see, that, and that's the thing that I think sometimes people are losing track of. You, know, you have some kids that are hitting every single day. Sure. You know, they're hitting at the house, they're hitting at practice, they're hitting pitching machine balls, which is always bad for a high-performance bat. They're hitting front toss. They're hitting all kinds of different sand balls and heavy balls and everything else I'd with a $450 off bat. Yeah. And so all of that adds to the risk involved. But again, the challenge is, you know, the bat companies can make a bat that will last you forever. There's no doubt that Easton, just as easily as they make the Ghost, could design you a bat that you would spend, you know, $99 on that would last from now until your kids stopped playing. It would never break. And would never break. And it would always be the same bat. It would always be the same kind of performance. But unfortunately, nobody's really asking that question. Nobody's interested in that. You know, you can go to Walmart and buy the same size bat, the same length and weight as your Ghost Advanced or your Prism or um, or your LXT or whatever it is. You know, you give it to your kid, and your kid's going to look at you like you grew an extra eyeball in your forehead because. <laughs> Are you, you know, kidding me? Yeah, because yeah. they they hit the ball you know seven times and it doesn't go the same total distance. You know, they hit yeah. it, it stops rolling, they go pick it up, they hit it again, it stops rolling, they pick it up, they hit it again, and it still hasn't gone as far. As so, one swing with their, say with their this high is really just bat. for this is really just for training, right? Right. Yeah. We know it's an expensive investment, but we wanted people to just kind of get your heads wrapped around the fact it's okay to be frustrated, but understand what you're paying for. So, Tori, you you just mentioned a whole bunch of different models and bats and so forth. Part of what we're going to talk about today is that each of them feel and act and um, swing a little bit differently, right. right? And our goal isn't to try to sell a specific model because I think it is sure. such a personal preference. And each one's going to be weighted differently. Each one's going to have a different balance point. Each one's going to feel different when you swing it. And so it's up to each player to try to figure out what feels best for them. And one of the things that um, I think is important is because we're talking about such a large investment, as much as you can, we want to recommend that you try to test drive a bat before you buy it. Meaning that if you're on a team and, and one of the kids on the team has a bat that you think you might be interested in, ask them if you can swing it a little bit, You know, hit a few. And, and try it out a little bit. And, Tori, there might be two different lengths on your team, right? A 32 right. and a 33, or 31 and 32. Yep. Across the, the spectrum of your team, you might have you know three kids with Eastons, three kids with DeMarinis, three kids with Louisvilles, one kid with a Rocket Tech, and one kid with something else. Try to get a feel for the different bats as much as you can. If you can't you know, talk a teammate into letting you actually hit one, at least before you buy it, find one in a store and swing it a little bit. You know, kind of get a feel for it, see how the balance is, see where the weight is, and get a chance to experience it a little bit before you, you know, lay down the money for it. No, I think that's important for sure, Tori. And, and it might not even be just a one-time thing, right? You might try it a couple right. of times because uh, 
you know, hitting it on the sweet spot. And you might be going up an inch in length because you've grown and it's time to buy a new bat. So let's check them out. And that's why I say I would, uh, I would definitely try a couple different lengths. We, right. we don't want to buy something necessarily to grow into, but we definitely don't want to be growing out of it right that, that quickly either with yeah. that kind of investment well and the idea of growing into a high performance bat is really kind of faulty thinking anymore because as we discussed already chances are it's not going to last long enough for you to grow into it we're looking at it thinking well i'm going to buy this high-end bat i'm going to spend 300 350 400 and she'll grow into it by the time she's grown into it it might either a be obsolete or b be broken yeah, I was going to say, but time of year as well. You know, if you're purchasing something in the middle of winter and you're a 12-year-old, you're growing and, you know, you know you're going to be growing. You don't want to make sure you uh, are mindful of it anyway. Right. Yeah, or just be thinking that yeah. way. I but, agree, though. But so test driving is important, getting a feel for it. Um, just going online and saying, well, everybody's got a whatever, and I'm going to get a whatever, and I'm going to order it online, and it's going to show up, and then I'm going to realize that I don't like it as much as I thought I did is a really bad idea. You're going to be unhappy, and yep, and then you'll be changing. Yep. So then the second part of it, something that we touched on a little bit already, is if we are going to invest the big money, let's also invest in a practice bat, a similar bat that's less expensive or last year's bat, and using that as much as we can in training. And so basically saving as many swings on my quote-unquote game bat as I possibly can. So let's say you're an Easton kid, and you've got last year's Easton and this year's Easton, which feel very similar. Well, use last year's when you're practicing. Use last year's when you're hitting off the machine. Use last year's when you're doing all your drills with the sand balls and the heavy balls and all that kind of stuff. And then bust your real bat out, your game bat out for a little bit of front toss, a little bit of live BP, and for your game. So occasionally I've had students that do that, Tori, and their practice bat is an inch shorter. So that's all, all saying if that bat is exactly the same as the, as the game bat, right? right? We don't want to be using something that's smaller or lighter uh, in practice and then go to games and your bat feels heavier. Right. Longer. Oh, yeah. No, we want to be training yeah. with the same, you know, same length and, and weight and as much as the same feel as we possibly can. When I was coaching at Tennessee Tech, we were very fortunate. We were sponsored by Worth for a couple of years, and we were sponsored by Shut when Shut was still making uh, softball bats. And basically what we did is we set up all our kids had a game day bat, yeah. and they used it almost never in practice. You know, we would use it a little bit, maybe if we were doing a little like live hitting or something like that. But even pregame, you know, they would only take a few swings with that bat. Everything else would be with the, uh, the practice bat. You know, they were close enough in weight and, and everything else that it was exactly what it was. It was, it was the feel. And, yeah. yeah, and it was getting your reps in, getting your swings in without wearing out the game bats. Because we know, especially with the composite materials, they're going to break. If we can cut down on the things that we do that really speed up the likelihood that it's going to break, I think that's an important thing to, to be looking at. And so from a team perspective, strongly recommend to all our players, you know, get a bat that's very similar to what you're using on game day and as much as you can when you're hitting in the backyard, when you're you know, hitting off the pitching machine, when you're doing those kinds of things, we want to make sure that we're using that practice bat as much as we can. Protecting the, the, the gamer. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Another pet peeve. Now, for the older kids, the older kids are wearing the metal spikes. Click, click. Yeah. We have to stop using our composite <laughs> bat to clean our metal spikes because the composite material is not designed to hit steel couple of uh, times I've seen bat $400 really nice composite bats with those nicks in them already because kids are hitting their spikes. That's a disaster waiting to happen. Every time you uh, 
put a crack or a fracture or a scratch in that composite material, it's it's weakening, weakening. it. It's another place that it could break. So nuts hitting the bottom of your cleat. You can hit the side of your cleat. Uh, but your... most kids don't really hit the side. They're they're kind of hitting uh, just uh, trying at an to angle. Give you, I'm just trying to give yeah. you an option out yeah, there. They're, they're hitting at an angle where they're you know hitting enough of the metal that it's and because some of them do it just out of habit. Some of them do it because they think it sounds cool. Some of them do it because it's part of their routine. Whatever it is, but again, if if you yeah, dig a gouge, in, and yeah, the, if yeah. you dig a gouge into your composite bat hitting your metal spikes, you're setting your bat up to break even that much sooner. So there's a lot of things we want to consider when it's time to buy a bat. Obviously, we want the kids to test drive. We want to help them pick a bat that's going to be appropriate for them. There is no magic formula. You know the old uh, you know stand up straight and hold your arm down at your side, and if it hits you at the palm of your hand, that's the right length is is the craziest thing ever. Because basically, then we're telling every player that's over like five foot eight that they can't play because there's no bat long enough to reach them <laughs> at that spot. We've had some really tall kids that never grow out of a 32. They right, just or 33. The 32, 33, 34 argument for players as they get older, just because a bat gets longer doesn't mean it's going to perform better. Just because a bat gets heavier doesn't mean it's going to perform better for every player. Now, we know perfect world heavier is better because the more mass you have hitting the ball the further the ball will go. But if a player can't swing a 34-24 as effectively as they swing a 32-22, and it's this big, slow, long, loopy swing, they didn't gain anything. So that goes back to that test driving idea as much as we did before. But coaches, we want to make sure that you're offering as much useful advice as we can to our players and parents so that when they make the investment that they feel comfortable with it potentially setting yourself up for some aggravation because if you make a recommendation and a player doesn't like a bat, then that's going to be something that they're going to consider. Well, and I find too that uh, there's a popular bat on most teams, Tori, and, and if four or five or six kids have a particular bat, everybody seems to be drawn to it. But right. kind of what you're getting at today is don't fall into that trap. Don't just get it just because they've got it. Right. Get out there and, and check them out and Hopefully your teammates are comfortable letting you get, you know, four or five hacks and cuts with their, you know, fancy new bat and you can get a feel whether or not you like it. Right. And then one other thing to consider too, for, for teams that go to some of the bigger events, it's not uncommon for the bat companies to show up at some of those places and do demos and, you know, maybe set up a cage and a hitting station or something like that and let players go ahead and swing their bats. You know, especially now, you know, there's a couple of new companies or, or I, I don't say, I guess we can't really say Rocket Tech is a new company. It's a company that's come back into the or, forefront, or uh, some of those companies are very open to the idea of letting you test drive their product. And a Rocket sure. Tech is doing like a, if you buy it, you got 30 days. If you like it, you keep it. If you send it back, you can send it back. You know, I think that that might be a trend that we're going to start to see a little bit more too. So yeah, so you can go to a lot of the big box stores, you know, the the, the big sporting goods stores, and they'll have bats in the rack that you can swing a little bit and, and kind of test drive them. And so whatever it is that you need to do to try to be as comfortable and as familiar as you can, uh, coaches be willing to answer questions. Um, I get it all the time as a hitting instructor. Well, what kind of bat should she get? I always try to you know give them the same advice through through that discussion about test drive. Find one on the team. You know, get a comfortable feel for it, and then you know make sure when you make a purchase, you already know that you're getting something you like. What do you think about this, Tori? Too that uh, there's a ton of money invested in these products. Do you think the research and development from each of these companies is similar, and that the passing the exit velocity standards is going to be very comparable between one model or the other? Or do you think there's a, a big variance in sweet spot? Or yeah, well, I Because think, I get asked the same question all the time, yeah. too, which, which is the best bat? 
And the best bat is the one that's best for you. Right. When I think across the board, when we talk about the highest end performers, you know, the, the from top of the line from each company, they're all investing in the same kinds of engineering, the same kinds R&D. of uh, research to try to come up with the very best product that they can. And so I think that the difference really is in feel, in balance, in weighting. Some bats are going to be much more end weighted where they're, they feel heavier to swing because there's more of the mass is towards the end of the bat. Um, some are going to be more balanced because more of the mass is in the middle. And so each of those is going to have a different sweet spot. And sweet spot's kind of a misnomer. There's like a three, four inch area that the ball's going to really feel like it's jumping off the bat. Where you don't feel the hit. Right. Um, so it's going to be very different from bat to bat. And so that's, again, why the test driving idea is so important. But I think when you look at the top of the food chain, the top end of, of all the companies, you're looking at a very high performance bat that, that again, it's going to come down to what feels better to you more so than anything else. So a performance, the, it's going to be very subtle from one to the next, which performs better. Right. And with some, it is going to feel like you've got a, you know, a little bit bigger margin for error. A couple of bats that strike me as being if you hit it right on the button, it really goes. Yeah. Um, but if you miss hit it a little bit, it doesn't have much. Where another bat might be, if you hit it right on the button, it's not quite as high performance. But if you miss that spot by a couple of inches, you get similar performance to what you got on that very best point of the bat. So the other question I get a lot, Tori, is uh, you know, how often should I buy a new bat? You know, I have some thoughts on that. What do you think about that? Well, again, I don't think you need to buy a bat until the one you have is done or doesn't feel like it's performing. You know, the old dead bat syndrome, I think, is a fallacy. That's, that's the one I get. All, you know, my, I th- my coach told me this is dead, and they hand it to me and... Put it in yep. somebody else's hand, and they're hitting lasers with it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so dead is in the eye of the beholder. Usually that's a really good excuse for uh, um, I'm not hitting well. Or uh, my coach can't come up with a good reason why I can, I'm not hitting well. So we'll get that as, as an explanation. As a maybe. Um, but I think, especially in the world of composite bats, a, a dead bat is really an unusual, really unusual situation. Because basically the way the composite bat works is it keeps getting better until it breaks. So right before it breaks, it's the highest performance it's ever going to be. So a lot of times uh, for the kids that are really into it and the kids that train all the time and the, the kids that play a pretty extensive travel season, I think, Tori, that once a year, uh, a new fresh bat is reasonable. Yeah. No, I think, and, I I mean, think if you get a full year out of a bat, you should be happy right. for a high-end bat. I mean, between you know a return if you break it halfway and you know all those things being considered, I think that the investment of, of once a year for our very active kids, right. I think is a reasonable thought for parents. Right to to plan in the budget. Right, and 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 as we said before, if you if you bought a high end bat thinking it was going to last two or three years, hopefully our discussion today has already yeah. put that to bed. And the other thing that everybody needs to understand is all the bats still have to pass the same test. So when we talk about the feel or a bat being hotter than another, hotness really comes from the fact that you probably have a little bit bigger area to hit in, more so than that the ball's coming off the bat any faster. The reality of it is, you know, exit speed and exit velocity and all those different measurements that they're using as they as they legislate bats and... are going to stay pretty consistent. You know, unfortunately, in the in the travel ball world, high school world, it's very unusual uh, to see bats tested. But when you get to the college game, now it's almost a universal that before you play a game, your bat's going to be tested. So the days of and there's some that don't make it, <laughs> and the days of having that built-in advantage. You know, we we had a year when I was coaching to Tennessee Tech where I know we had bats that were hotter than than most than should be but it was before any testing there was no standard you know you just had to have the 
stamp. whatever the ASA stamp on it. It passed yep. the ASA test, but it barely. What happened to it after yeah, that? It barely yeah. passed the ASA test yeah. versus other companies that were playing it really safe and close to the vest and made sure that they passed uh, very easily. Well, but, with the composite too, sometimes they do. They uh, As they get worn in, I think they they create a little bit more of a trampoline effect and yeah. they're a little hotter. So Yeah, no, the, the composite versus the old aluminum days. You know, and the only other thing I'm going to throw out there for the point of uh, argument today is you know everybody keeps talking about the bats are so hot, the bats are so hot. Yes, they are hot, but they're not hotter than they were 20 years ago when we had no testing. You know what else is happening is the kids are training. Right. They're conditioning, they're working, they're and finding their skills. Learning so much more. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so next next time you, you listen to... Uh, softball broadcast and everybody's talking about how you know so and so's a good hitter but you know the bat technology no she's a good hitter the bat technology is it's not consistent is yeah. not the holy grail only qualifier that is if we go back to the old white ball days there were some kids back then that would be thought of as the greatest hitters <laughs> of all time if they had been playing with the uh, optic yellow ball right so and again, that's just, you know, tells people how old we are because I actually did coach in the day when we played it with just, a white softball. It sounds different too, right? Yeah. So long time ago. So Don, yeah. anything else about bats? No, just, uh, again, I'm, I'm always excited to talk about equipment, especially like bats and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's uh, going to wrap up episode number 43. Please make sure you check out Cleated Up FP. Uh, Cleatedup.com is one of our presenting sponsors and also check out Nexair. We're very excited to have Nexair come on board as one of our sponsors for Coach Prep. And uh, please check out our Patreon page. Patreon is set up to help you help us. You can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. Check out Patreon and check out our page. If you can support us and everything Fast Pitch and Coach Prep, we would greatly appreciate it. Coach Don and I are trying to continue to do some cool new things, and we just need some help to make those things happen. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, is Coach Tori in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening to Coach Prep, and we'll talk to you again next week.